Hi, this is Bob Johnson. And this is Dave Dunham. And we are bringing you Conversations at the Corner, a podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Roseville, Michigan, where we discuss matters that we think are helpful for our members. They may not always be helpful for our members, but we think they're helpful for our members. Cornerstone Baptist Church exists to help believers look more like Jesus through worship, instruction, fellowship, and evangelism. And our topic today, which is June the 18th, 2019, is the topic of counseling. And Dave, we talked a little bit about that in the past. I want to explore a little bit more of that with you. You have recently released a book on counseling, particularly in the area of addictions. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did that come about? And I want to ask you about the book itself. Sure. Uh, So the short version of it is our... uh, one of the first churches we worked in out of seminary that Krista and I worked in out of seminary was uh, 70% men and women from drug and alcohol rehab. Uh, I had no experience with addiction in my past, in my family. Uh, I was super nerdy in school, so I didn't get invited to parties anyways. So never a real struggle or challenge for me. Um, and so I had to figure out what to do as I was trying to be helpful to the people that I had been asked to shepherd. Uh, And so God led me to some folks who had lots of experience in counseling and addictions. Um, My mentor had his doctorate in counseling alcoholics. And so he guided me through a lot of things, and that began me on a a journey to try and uh, learn more and be more helpful. Uh, So uh, over the years then, just study, research, practice in counseling, uh, this book uh, just became birthed out of a, a particular philosophy of counseling uh, addictive habits from a biblical perspective. Um, so I had submitted a proposal to PNR publishers, uh, which they took three months to reject. And then they contacted <laughs> me a day later and said, hey, sorry about the last book, but would you be interested in working on another project? They had been uh, already in contract under contract with a gentleman named Deepak Reju out of Capitol Hill Baptist Church to publish a series of counseling devotionals, they called it. Um, so they're a 31-day devotional with uh, a counseling bent and counseling assignments in them. So they're good for counselors to use with counselees, good for counselees to pick up in terms of trying to address specific problems. And mine is on uh, the broad category of addictive habits. Well, I have read it, mm. and I find it very readable. Mm. And each uh, chapter, it's like you go through this in a month, Mm -hmm. and it has uh, just a a great tie-in story, um, Mm -hmm. biblical truth that you're covering, good questions that you're asking. Have you gotten any feedback on it, any response? How have people been using it? Uh, What are ways people can use it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't hear a whole lot about it. I know it continues to sell. I don't know to what degree it's it's uh, being uh, uh, sold well, but uh, I do know there's a couple of uh, organizations that are using it in their counseling program. So there's a, 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 a residential program called Redemption House out in Minnesota. Um, we've actually used their services in the past. Uh, and they've bought the book and they use it with their guys in-house. Um, there's another counselor, I believe, in Texas who bought the, the book in bulk and 
uses it, uh, you know, in, in cases as needed. Uh, and so because it's a broad topic, so it addresses things like substance abuse and pornography and self-harm and, uh, you know, shopping and gambling and these different things. Uh, so it, it can be used broadly to give principles uh, to help people navigate the struggle. Uh, I think the, the, the usefulness of the book is that it is readable and it's got a good, uh, it's got good assignments or, or the editors have helped me come up with good assignments um, for the, the counseling situation. It's not uh, as simple as saying, you know, you're going to read this book and in 30 days all your problems will be better. Uh. And so, you know, I want to deter people from thinking this is the quick fix to my life-dominating struggle here. Um, it's not that way, but it is uh, It is a guide to getting you on the road, I think. Very good. So. I was at a pastor's conference, and they were handing it out mm. as one of uh, several books they yes. were giving out to pastors, and I wanted to jump up and say, <laughs> I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> you know, So I was really excited about that. But if anybody from Cornerstone would like to see that book or get a copy of it, I'm, I'm assuming we have it. In yes. the bookstore? Yeah, Ruthanne has ordered it. It's in stock in the bookstore. So. And you've been asked to write another book. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, so um, uh, the brief backstory there is Krista had an eating disorder for about 10 years, um, which she disclosed to me when we were engaged. And because I was an immature fool, I did not have the slightest idea what to do to be helpful. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure I probably asked a few questions and I prayed with her. And then I just pretended like everything was normal. And, uh, and as she continued to struggle, I got frustrated and angry and did lots of hurtful things and wasn't helpful. And what I needed was a resource that would help kind of guide me through how do you and the person you love who's struggling with an eating disorder, how do you navigate this together? And so that's what we've done. We've written a, a book that's designed to help loved ones and sufferers navigate the, the troubles of an eating disorder from a biblical perspective. Um, and so we just got a contract with New Growth Press. Um, I mean, just got a contract. Um, so uh, we're, uh, we're about halfway through the, the current draft of the book, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, be finishing that up here in the, by the fall. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, and and not only for you and, and, and Krista, but I mean, that will serve our congregation mm -hmm. and other people yeah. very well. Because this is uh, probably a lot more... Yeah prevalent than, than yeah. we might otherwise think. Yeah, I mean, it's a big problem nationally. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a major issue there that just doesn't get talked about very much. And I think the benefit of this particular book is there's, there's nothing else like this in the marketplace right now. There are books by people who've struggled with eating disorders, who've written their personal story. There are lots of books on counseling for eating disorders. But something that would be geared to help a non-professional care for their loved one. There's nothing that exists like that. So it's a, it's a vacuum that really needed to be filled. And uh, we're, we're happy to be able to do that if, if the Lord so chooses to use it. Well, brother, the Lord has used you to be um, just a very effective counselor mm -hmm. here at the church. You and Denise, I've sat mm -hmm. in on some sessions mm -hmm. with you guys, and I have just been so blessed mm -hmm. and Honestly, just super encouraged because of the, the, the skill that the Lord has given you that you, you bring to bear in these situations. Now, I've done some counseling, mm -hmm. and I know there are situations with people that are 
that can be maddening. <laughs> and then there's other people who just flourish. So I want to explore with you a little yeah. bit what what's the difference? You have seen people that have come and in a short amount of time, there is this beautiful gospel fruit that you are seeing. There's changes that are taking yeah. place in their life. People are, are saying, oh, wow, you know, praise God for the, the evidence of difference in their life. And other people, yeah. um, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like slogging through quicksand um, with them. Okay, can, can you explain some of the differences that sure. you see? Yeah, so maybe um, my initial comment would be there. there's sometimes just a difference in the nature of problems. So some problems are fairly straightforward, and the assessment of the, the root issues and the best plan of action is pretty clear and easy to, to assess and, and address. And other situations are more complicated. They're complicated by uh, varying factors of, of environment and upbringing and personality and spiritual issues and biological issues and so sometimes the problem is not with the counselees, just with the nature and complexity of the issue. But there, there is a difference in terms of the, the counselees who tend to do well, um, even if the problems themselves are complicated and the problems don't respond easily to addressing, there are still individuals who do well and those who don't. And I think the, the difference involves a couple of things. And the, the first thing that comes to my mind is humility. Um, you know, counselees who already have determined they know the issue, they know the answers, they know what needs to happen, and they're not really interested in what you have to say, don't tend to do well. Um, uh, so we, we often jokingly say to people, you know, I don't counsel Jesus. So if you are perfect, then mm. there's no need for me to be here to help you. Um, so people who are, are resistant to our input or who... Um, uh, are constantly arguing with our assessments or who argue with our proposed plan of action. So we're, we're uh, you know, as counselors, at least humble enough to know we may not see all of the picture, and so we invite people to give clarification or to say, I'm not sure if that's the, the best plan or I don't know if I agree with this or that. Um, but there's a difference between expressing those concerns and just being resistant. So people who are humble tend to do well. I think, too, people who are willing to submit to the word of God do well. Um, we, we are biblical counselors. I often say to people, you know, you, you came to a church to get help, so that means we're going to start uh, from a place of faith. We're going to start from a place of the scriptures. Even with non-Christians, um, I find if they're willing to listen to what the Bible has to say, they can do well, um, at, least, at least better. Um, uh, and so we encourage people, you, you want to submit to God's word. God is the creator of the whole world, which means that the world is set up to work a certain way according to his intentions and designs. And when we try to find help that doesn't match what God's word says about people or problems or morality or, uh, or hope, um, when we try to find help apart from God's word, then we're just compounding our problems. Um, and so we want to submit to what God's word says because it has the most hope and help for us. So people who are willing to do that uh, they they usually respond well in counseling, even if, again, the problems themselves are complicated and don't go away easily uh, or are difficult to overcome or navigate. They can still flourish and respond well in counseling. Well, some of the counseling that we do, well, a lot of it, frankly, I mean, 
begins with an understanding of my responsibility. Right. And therefore, I have to participate at the yeah. heart level, yeah. don't I? With yeah. us not only acknowledging the issue, but then what I need to do to help address that. Right. right. So even in, we, we use a two-paradigm approach. So there's a suffering paradigm and a responsibility paradigm. Um, so we recognize, according to Scripture, we are all at one and the same time, both sufferers and sinners. Um, but usually there's a dominant theme in a situation. So in some situation, you might more clearly be a sufferer, and in another situation, you might more clearly be the sinner mm. and who needs to take responsibility. But in both models, there's a level of, of personal responsibility I have to have. So even if I would say, you know, the, the suffering is not my fault, I might be exacerbating my problem by the way I'm responding to my suffering. And so, you know, in, in time, we want to eventually help people assess and evaluate how they're responding so that they can, they can not make their problems worse, even as they try to address the initial problem. So if I'm going to get some help and I'm going mm -hmm. to make some, some progress, I need to be willing to engage in this. And right. there's, there's work that's going yes. to be asked of me, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you come to counseling, you have to fill out a form. And on that form, you have to initial an area that says, uh, basically, you know what the expectations are of you regarding work and assignments. Uh, we are not naive enough to think that coming to a 50, 60, you know, uh, hour and a half meeting once a week or even twice a week is going to change your life. Um, you know, I think Denise and I and our team are, are pretty good counselors, but we're not, a, we're not divine. We're not amazing. So, uh, you know, counseling is really a, an opportunity to give you some tools to help you make a difference the rest of the week to apply. And so there is an expectation that you're going to do assignments, you're going to apply the principles as best you can, that if you're having difficulty with applying the principles or applying them with consistency, that we'll take time to evaluate what might be hindering that or making it more difficult. But there's an expectation that you're going to invest in your own change, not that you're going to come and just talk and, uh, and then go home feeling better about yourself. Um, talk is good, but talk doesn't change people. So uh, we want to do more. It's, it's uh, a lot of counseling in the world right now is focused on what's called non-directive counseling. So you come, you vent, you dump your, your problems, and we, you know, listen and give you encouragement and consolation, and then you go on, and then you come back and do it again next week. And we're not uh, uh, practicers. Uh, we don't practice that philosophy. We have directive counseling. We're going to give you directives and input and um, counsel and say, you need to try this, you need to do that. Have you considered this? Let's, uh, let's entertain this option and explore some practical steps as well as some theological um, beliefs. So we do ask people to take responsibilities um, upon themselves to do certain things. Well, brother, I am grateful, and I know that our church is, is that mm -hmm. we are willing to invest into the nitty-gritty parts of life mm -hmm. with our people, and that our relationship with one another goes way beyond just a gathering together yeah. on Sunday morning for an hour and a half where we just like marbles just kind of 
bounce into one another, but there is an intentionality to help one another, even if it's with the suffering mm-hmm. issues or with it's the, if it's the sin issues, right. to come alongside and to give one another the hope and the encouragement that God has answers for these things. And he pours out those answers through his people using the word of God mm-hmm. in one another's lives. So Amen. thank you for not only... Um, investing in people, but investing in people who invest Mm. in people, Mm. because that does help our church look more like Jesus. And Mm. that is the goal. Amen. So Dave, thank you for carving out some some time for us today. Thank you. And um, we'll continue this conversation with some more conversations at the corner.